Good morning, my friends. Welcome to this episode of Happiness After Codependency. I'm Marshall Berkshire, and I'm your guide into creating more safety, more purpose, and more loving relationships in your life after codependency. Today we have another episode of the Blunt Cake series because, well, I asked on Facebook, what would you like Blunt Cake on? What topics would you like Blunt Cake on? They're like, here, give these ones. So this inspired some of my own topics that I want to touch on. So we're going to have a few more of these as we move through the end of September and into October. Uh, Before we get to today's topic about Blunt Cake, which is Others Don't Exist to Meet Your Needs, it's a really blunt title. So go gently with yourself here. Go kindly with yourself when we get into this topic. Before I get to that, though, I need to share this out to the community real quick. Um, the community is where you can find additional guidance from me, tools. You can find support and inspiration in your healing from codependency and in the creation of more lasting safety, more fulfilling purpose, and those loving relationships you deserve in your life. The link is above on Facebook. It's below on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and hit the bell so you know when I upload new material thank you guys also for helping me cross the 5,000 subscriber mark that's really cool i just i'm excited about that so thank you for your support in that okay so let's get this shared out here to the group real quick and i'm gonna click the button and there it is okay so today's blunt cake episode's titled others don't exist for your needs before as with all Blunt Cake episodes, we first need to take a moment and check in with our own capacity. Am I open to receiving some very confronting input about codependency that might directly mean something to me? It might be, I'm doing this thing. Am I willing to see this and accept it in my world if it's actually there? Do I have capacity to acknowledge it? Am I willing to hear it? So check in with yourself before you proceed forward. This allows you to practice emotional responsibility for yourself and responsibility for the material you take in on social media so that you're not inadvertently pushing yourself past your own capacity or consuming things that don't that aren't relevant or meaningful to you right now in your journey. All right. The title. So others do not exist for your needs. This this was one of the hardest transitions in my own journey is coming to a realization that other human beings were not put there to meet my needs. This kind of thinking is prominent, not just in codependency, it's prominent in humanity. And I look at it as a relic of our childhood, of our child selves. So children are naturally dependent on the parent. The parent is the child's resource for getting their needs met. So the child's going to lean on them and expect uh, the, the parent to contribute and fulfill the child's needs. As the child grows and matures, the child gains skills, gains experience, and gains power to start cultivating these needs outside <clears throat> the parent relationship. Part of this process should involve, ought to involve, the internalization of certain ways or of certain habits that nurture the child's own needs internally, such as self-soothing, self-empowerment, self-discipline, being um, self-accountability, having integrity with ourselves, and being willing to ask for help in healthy ways. 
A lot of times what happens is we don't grow into that completely. There is a part of us, there's a vestige of this child aspect of ourselves that carries on with us where we subconsciously, not consciously typically, but unconsciously or subconsciously, we personify, we parentify our partners, our friends or those around us uh, and, and treat them like they're a surrogate parent in our world where they're there to meet my needs. I'm in a relationship and they should be doing X, Y, Z for me. That's usually how it shows up. It's expressed as an entitlement. And that means the other person is obligated to contribute to those needs. Good morning, Deborah. And that's, that's an important signal here. Because in healthy adult relationships, they're not built on entitlement and obligation. They're built on the premise of consent and privilege. Now, in codependency, this unmatured aspect of self motivates the codependent to enmesh with their partner and make their partner their surrogate parent. And then the codependent's like, you need to make me feel love. You need to make me love myself. I only feel valuable when you love me. I only feel worthy if I'm getting your attention. I'm only valid and real if you see me as valid and real. The codependent has transitioned or deposited their value, their power, their identity, their safety into the hands of the other individual. This is a it, this is called burdening. Where we're the codependent is burdening the other individual with these natural responsibilities for themselves. That makes sense. Let me know in the comments below. So this is where our work can be very confronting because as we move outside of codependency, we move into healthy adulthood, we move into interdependence, it becomes about owning our needs and becoming the one that resources our needs rather than expecting someone outside of ourselves to be the source that, that fulfills these needs and cares for them. This is where the child matures into the powerful adult. And this is where we start to realize, oh, others really don't exist to meet my needs. I don't exist to meet their needs. So there is no obligation going on in this dynamic. Instead, what happens is we move into a space of consent and of privilege and of asking, of receiving and contributing to each other. So our needs and wants, rather than becoming a burden, they become a joy. They become something that builds connection. That becomes a means of expressing and sharing love, affection, time, and care with each other. Because now we're freely contributing to each other. We're willing to see each other, hear each other, understand and comprehend each other, and contribute and ways that work for us. That's the magic here. Rather than living in the fear that, oh, if they don't love me, I'm not worthy, or I'm never going to get my needs met, or I'm isolated, I'll be abandoned, I'll be alone, we get to connect with the reality of like, wow, this person wants to contribute to my world. They like me. They love me. They want to share their world with me, and they want me to share my world with them without any sense of, of condition to it, without any strings attached. There's a freedom in this 
that builds a very safe, secure, and resilient bond. This is the magic of graduating or maturing out of others are supposed to meet my needs to, wow, what a privilege it is to contribute to your needs. What, is a, what a privilege it is to receive from you in my needs. That's the magic here. I know this is a blunt thing. I, I mean, my journey out of codependency, there were hallmark moments that were extremely painful, extremely sobering, and life-altering for me. And this is one of them. It's, I would put it at the number two. The number one was total ownership of behavior and, and consequence. That was a biggie. This one came right after. It's like, wow. People I'm dating don't have to meet my needs. Then then I had to confront the internalized wounding of are my needs burdens? Am I unworthy? Am I unlovable? What does it mean to be loved? What does it mean to be in a relationship? What does it mean to receive and contribute? Huge paradigm shift. And this is a big paradigm shift. I mean, if your brain's going like, wow, I, this gave me a headache, Marshall. Yeah, it gave me one for a while because I'm like, wow. People would want to do that. I don't have to force it to happen. I don't have to prevent neglect and I don't have to cause love with my behaviors. Instead, I get to be me and I, they get to be them and we get to see each other and meet each other that way. That's a real thing. It is. Now, if you don't believe me, I completely understand. You don't need to. The cool part here is by healing and growing and taking the adventure into the world by going, okay, I've got some valid needs. I'm going to trust that they're valid. I'm going to explore what the world looks like from this place of I have valid needs that people would want to contribute. Others have valid needs that I would want to contribute to. I wonder what that's going to be like. We start to find out for ourselves. Life will prove it for you. It will take time, it will take error, it will take trial, it will take discovery, but it will come around and you'll be going, yeah, this person likes to, to contribute time and play to me. This other person enjoys my, my physical affection, I enjoy theirs. We, we enjoy our emotional bond, our humor, things like that. This is where we start to experience real connection. So we don't have to force it into existence. We get to cultivate it by understanding that we are intrinsically lovable. We are intrinsically worthy. We are intrinsically deserving. And now we can ask. And the healthy, right people for us will say yes. They'll want to be like, yeah, I would love to do that. And then you guys can you can negotiate when and how. That's the magic here. So take time with yourself today to consider where your body is pointing you to in your needs so when i find my entitlement show up like oh i deserve this someone you know they should be doing this for me that points me to what i need because it points me to an expectation and within an expectation is a need or a desire so i'm like oh i've got a desire for this in my life how can i cultivate this in a healthy consensual way that benefits me and them so can i ask for it how does it work? Can I ask for how, you know, can I tell them how it works? Hey, would you like to know how this need works for me? If they say yes, share it with them. See what they say. See what they do. See what happens for you. So our needs are not the issue. Our wants are not the issue. It's 
the beliefs we have around them that can be the problem and how we try to get them met. So we're just shifting those things so that we have more alignment with our natural completeness, our innate legitimacy, and we are in alignment and respect of their natural completeness, their innate legitimacy, their wholeness. So we can respect each other's autonomy and power and resources and build consent there so we can feel seen and loved for who we are. And they can feel that too. So I'm going to check the comments here. So Deborah says, uh, again, hi. Nice to see you, Deborah. Um, Melanie shares, this is so important. I've been experiencing growth in this. What I am working on now is noticing when I push the healthier interactions away and remind myself it's okay to enjoy it. Yeah. All right, so you're having an avoidant reflex, like, ooh, distance. Now you're doing the right thing. You're like, ah, it's okay to enjoy this. Now remember to do it in increments. I'm going to receive 10% more of this and see what that feels like. Oh, I'm going to acknowledge that they're freely giving this to me and it's safe to receive because it doesn't come with strings attached. And guys, if it did, then you can call it out and go, you know, I understand that you have this expectation because you contributed this to me. I'm not going to fulfill that expectation, but I am going to, I'm also going to ask that if you do have that, you need to communicate it to me without connecting it or attaching it to the things you give me. So now you have, you're encouraging direct communication with this person so that they can disconnect their needs from the, the bait they give you to get the need met. It's a give to get kind of approach, not very a healthy thing. So it's like, oh, I want to contribute this freely and I would like something too. Well, then ask. Ask for the thing you want um, and then contribute freely too. Separate them. You get a lot more freedom there. Okay, run with it, guys. Let me know any other thoughts you have in the comments below. Remember, this is, when it comes to block cake, it is not about internalizing this as, oh, something's wrong with me. It's more about care for yourself. So if shame and guilt show up, um, go to the resources link above on Facebook, below on YouTube. Go to my library. Go to the tools library I have on my website, and you can you can search the tools library for the shame and guilt reprogramming practice. It's free, download it, give that a shot. So that you can start to experience the reality that you're not a problem, just you're not. Who you are is beautiful and wonderful. Um, you've been taught and conditioned that you are and that gives the manipulator, the, the perpetrator power. But, and so when we reverse that, we can retain our power. We have a whole uh, lesson, several lessons on this in the codependency healing system and in the heal codependency self-study system where we retake our power back from other people and help restore that. So, okay, my friends, go play with this. Go gently with yourselves in this practice. Tomorrow is the big day for this month's free Decoding Codependency Workshop. We have 265 people registered, if I remember right, somewhere around there. Come and roll. First class tomorrow at 11 a.m. And I'll reteach it again at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. So come and discover the origin of codependency and the six habits and then the ISI tool for uh, shifting those over. So we'll be doing that tomorrow. Go gently with yourselves. I'll see you guys in our next episode. Bye-bye.